Jamaican in 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 trading places. What? No, welcome, that was the... welcome, Irie Man, too. But that's not important oh, right now. Oh God! Oh God! Oh, that is God. my best Jamaican accent of all time. That is the loudest Jamaican accent I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> John and I were just talking about race swapping in in movies. So <laughs> yes, that, role that, reversals in terms of yeah. Um, yeah, because you know it's it's a very it's a very sensitive it's a very sensitive topic, and it 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 it, it can be no. There's certain things that, that you could have done you could have done back in the seventies and eighties that you can't do now because everybody is so is so but sensitive. You couldn't and everybody even so... do some of that in the eighties, John. I mean, it was still. Well, no, true. It, it, you know, True, the, well, but, for but, example, you know the other one that I remember was mm-hmm. was Richard Pryor and the toy. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure you're not talking about? Are you sure you're not referring to Silver Streak? Because Gene Wilder no, in Silver Streak. No, really? in the okay. toy, this yeah. rich guy. I've never seen the toy. Played by Jackie never seen Oh my God! It's 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 funny and it's really good, but. The yep. guy goes into the toy store and the son goes, I want that black man. And they said, okay. And they bought him. Oh, <laughs> shit. He was Richard Pryor. And Richard Pryor <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like, well, whatever, dude. I mean, I got to get paid for this. And it, 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 it turned out that the son really wanted a playmate. But, but the, way it, the way it was, it was set up as like, I just bought myself a black man. <laughs> well, you know that it could be perceived. That could be perceived as a larger commentary in 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 terms of of how black folks are still perceived. I mean, mm-hmm. as, as it were perceived back in the in in, in that particular time. That that mm-hmm. we are still, and I, I include myself in this because obviously I'm black. So mm-hmm. we include you know people with the CSs as, as this as this sort of community. You're a red guy. You're red. Yeah. In Trinidad, I may be considered that. Right. In yeah. the United States, in Canada, in Britain, I'm considered black, and I'm very yeah. comfortable with that. So let's 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 so let's let's Not going to use the N word. What? No, I'm scared. You're red. You're red. 
you remember what the Nobel laureate Derek Walcott said, right? Derek Walcott, who um, who had he, he, he was born in St. Lucia, but m- most of his work centered on life in in Trinidad and Tobago, mm-hmm. and he did see, and I think it was the Schooners delight i'm I'm trying to remember the, the exact name of the poem but he did say that i am a red mm-hmm. blank who loves the sea mm-hmm. and i have dutch and and wood in me and and he goes on to mention the other ethnicities that he has he says either i'm nobody or i'm a nation and mm-hmm. i identified with that because i i too am a red who loves the sea because i grew up mm-hmm. You know, near 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 near, near the ocean, in, mm-hmm. in in Trinidad. So yeah, I know I know all about that. I know all about that kind of that kind of vibe, and, uh, and the search for identity and, and what have you. But that's not important right now. That's not important. So anyway, yeah. But for those we, of you joining us, we are we are two mad men. Oh God, no, sir. God, <laughs> we work. We worked in what is generally regarded as a, uh, um, what do they call it, Madison Avenue of Trinidad Tobago, where a lot of the ad agencies were kind of around in the same area. That's kind of uh, Woodbrook, St. Clair. Pretty much in St. Clair, in the St. Clair area, it was, St. Clair was considered. Was it always like that, though? They were all in Port of Spain. They were all in Port of Spain. They were all in Port of Spain. I mean, if you, if we, uh, our first episode, we talked about uh, Heady Days by Patrick Johnstone. Patrick Johnson describes where he went to work first was on the stretch. There's a lot of ad agencies, quote unquote, on the stretch. Uh, it's not Charlotte Street. Was it Charlotte Street, he said? It was Charlotte Street, actually. Yeah. You know, Charlotte Street I, back I, in, the, in the, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the ad agencies, started up around there. Uh, McCann was at Abercrombie Street, but they were even lower down in mm. the beginning. Before they became McCann, they were part of it. So everybody was a lot closer to the media houses because the Guardian had had its, always had its office in the same place. And right. then the Express opened up on Independence Square, I think. They had opened up on so So they were always very close to the media because they had to be. They had to... You know, and any radio stations, radio, uh, radio six ten. Oh yeah, a lot oh, of yeah. radio so stations. Was, to... Yeah, everything right. was in Port of Spain. Yeah, everything was in Port of Spain, with the exception yeah. of Radio Trinidad. They were in, they were in Marvel Road. TET was yeah. on Marvel Road, I so you had to go the, there. I think the exception was, um, Lanzia, Sachi, and Sachi. I'm not too sure where they started, but they they ended up on Herbert Street. I think it's Herbert Street in in, in Herbert uh, Street in Saint Clair. Yeah. I think they're still there, if memory serves me right. No, no, they're not. No, I don't think they're still there. No, they're not. They've moved? They've relocated? Really? Yeah, they had moved to Alcazar Street. They had a huge building on Alcazar Street. And I think they moved from there I remember that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. You're right. You're right. And now, McCann had a big building in Sinclair, and now they are around the Savannah, which is actually interesting because everybody seems to be going back. Well... That's not true, because uh, Collier Morrison, Morrison Belgrave, which used to be Christensen right. Belgrave, Christensen Belgrave used to be on um, Alexandra Street, not Alexandra they Street. They used to be um, by the Oval, where, right. the, where the British High Commission is. That street, 
Um, and and now and now I think it's 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 no longer Christian Sunbelgrave, but it's Collier Morrison and Belgrave. It's Collier Morrison Belgrave. They're now in Chibonis. In Chibonis. And they were on Alcazar Street at one point as well. That's true. McCann has moved closer to the action, quote-unquote, they're around the Savannah. Lonsdale, I'm not too sure where they are. CMB, well, they're they're out of Port of Spain entirely. And um, Mm. a lot of, well, publicists are still in, um, in, what's the name of the street? Would that be Dundonald Street, though? Dundonald Street. They're on Dundonald Street. Dundonald Street, there we are. So, which is right near where McCann is kind of busy in the same area. And then there is the buzz. The buzz is in. Um, I think they are, they're located on David Tile Street in Woodbrook. David Tile Street in uh, by the Avenue on the Avenue. By the Avenue, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so I would have thought, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. Right. No, I would have thought. I would have thought that the agencies, that most of the agencies, would have wanted to to christen Woodbrook as a spiritual home because when you really think about it. There's a lot happening in that particular neck of the woods. There's mm-hmm. a lot happening in Woodbrook. Not a lot of creativity has come out of Woodbrook, that area. This is true. You know, this is true. Because there are people who who worked out of their homes doing carnival-related stuff, doing, you know, a lot of a lot of creative people have come from Woodbrook. Um, so, you know, it it is it is it would consider Woodbrook like the Bohemian you know, area, apart from Belmont. Belmont was part, you know, that kind of, you know, right. in, the, in the head of the things. But but Woodbrook had this kind of gentrified, kind of suburban kind of feel. So you had a lot exactly. of in, intelli- in, uh, what they call intelligence, uh, people who in the intelligence the, the, the so-called condescenti, if you will. Right. So they went to the right. Fatimas, they went to the the um seminaries they went to QRC and so on. Yeah, but they went to, to schools within that era, QRC, yeah. yeah. So excuse me, a lot of them, you know, grew up around and around this place. And um they they congregated and I think um this bar that used to be on the corner of Arapeter, no, yes, Arapeter and French Street. Um what was it called? Mass Camp Up. Mass Camp Pub used wow. to be a that, big hotbed of of creative. There was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot know? of things happening. Amazing things. You happening. had a lot of stand-up comedians who used to do this stuff in our right. there. A lot of Calypsonians, a lot of mass camps started up around there. So yeah, I mean, I when I worked at the Edge Advertising, I would they used to be on French Street, which is when I saw Jared sitting down in the front, and, and it was literally a house. <laughs> It was a yes. house. And I, now I have a story about that. So I'll just I'll, before I tell that story, uh-huh. I I was I was told by the office manager at the time. She she says, Jared Butts is in our foyer talking to himself. I'm like, Jared is here. Cool. And I went outside and I see Jared <laughs> talking to himself in the you know sitting in the porch because literally the reception area was a porch of somebody's house. You know, now Edge had rented the bottom of somebody's house, and yeah. the bottom of this house is, is one of these old, really big old French Creole type buildings. You know, in 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 in, in Woodbrook. You know, I You're don't right. know who originally owned it. I wish I knew, but I remember it was green and white. And when I started working there, uh, the office manager she said, "You know, 
there's a there's a woman who lives upstairs and she's mad. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm new, so I don't know. You know, I don't. I have no opinion on this. And she says, because one day when we first moved in here, about a month later, and we were now getting settled in, um, water started streaming down the side of the wall in the creative department. She's like, right there where you're sitting in that wall that you're facing, water started streaming down, and we didn't know what it was until the water turned brown and started oh. to smell. So we had to evacuate. Oh, and she said, it turned out that the, the daughter of the person, she said her mother, you know, she, 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 had, she had, had dementia. She, she, oh, took a shit in, she took a shit in the sink. Oh, and, dear God. And turned on the sink and didn't know why it was flushing. And she left it and she went in her room and that was all this cascading down oh, the wall. Oh, oh my God, so, that is... So, so that story, I'm, so I'm like... I know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this story and so I'm just... Oh, I'm yeah. listening to this story and her. And she said, well, she oh no longer God. lives there. They, they put her in a home or whatever. But she was the matriarch oh, no. of the family that owned the house or whatever. Right. It was a big house. Anyway, yeah. um, um, that house is no longer there. That, they, they leveled the place. And so it's just a big empty lot now. So it is kind oh. of sad, you know. Yeah. But um, Edge had opened up a bookstore next door because, like I said, we we had half of the building downstairs, and they opened up a bookstore on the other side, and I didn't know why, but it was cool with me because I on my on my you know break time I just used to go next door and hang out with the girl who was selling books and she was rather cute, a nice girl, and we used to have great conversations and, and it was fun. We had a fun time, you know. Working for Edge wasn't all that great in the yeah. end, but you know, you have these memories and these 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 stories that stay with you, you know. But yeah, I mean that when you when you when you are I even when I was in England and I was I was I was working internship with a with a with a design company, they were in a building with a bunch of other people. And I in those days, to transfer large data files, you needed to have what is called a T1 connection. Now, anybody who's listening to us who knows what that is, kudos to you. But essentially, what a, what a T1 connection is, is a, is a pipe, like a, a phone line that's dedicated to transferring data. And this is like mm. in the early days of the internet. You know, you didn't, you didn't have like fast, fast, ultra-fast connections on the internet. So you couldn't send large files easily. But this T1 connection was a special kind of connection set up by the phone company to transfer large amounts of data. And mm. this company downstairs from where I worked, they're the only ones who had it. And one day I was tasked with carrying one of the disks or whatever downstairs for this company. And the company was, um, I, think, I can't remember the name of the company. But I mm -hmm. went to this bill. I went to this room, and it, you know these guys are sitting down in this room with no furniture, yeah. and they have two computers, and they're just two young guys. I'm like, well, you know, I'm looking for such and such company, and they're like, well, this is State. I'm like, is that the name of the company, or what you're doing now, or <laughs> part of another country? What does that mean? And they're looking at me like I'm green, like, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm looking for this company. And the guy said, yeah, but this is state. I'm like, yeah, but okay, so your state, 
where's this company? And they're like, well, it, it, we are not that company. I'm like, all right. So I went to the, across the, the way to the other company and knocked on the door and nobody answered. So I went back up and I told the creative director, I said, well, it doesn't seem to be anybody there. But I, I found myself at State and she laughed and he said, those guys are weird. They're crazy. <laughs> much, really? much, much later, I bought a book about design, <clears throat> I think years later. And I was flipping through this book and I lost the book since then. And I, I, I can't remember the name of the book. And I was flipping through the book and I see the, 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 a picture of the building, of the, of the room that these guys are in. And they, and and there were there was a little write up about state, and they were a game company that were working on Tomb Raider, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. I'm like, holy shit! I was in the same wow. room with the guys who were developing Lara Croft, <laughs> and they, wow. they were just like these unassuming guys. I don't know where they they were just two guys sitting in yeah. an empty room. It's just, it's just like well, huge that's how, empty that, that's room. how it starts. That's how you it know? starts, man. It's funny. That's it's interesting. How... I really need to yeah. find find that book again and get a copy of it if I can. Yeah. But, you know, they were just like, yeah, they were weird. It was like, they didn't have any conversational skills whatsoever. <laughs> you know? But that's crazy. Yeah, but that but that's just it. They weren't exactly brilliant conversationalists, but they knew yeah. how to start yeah. something like Lara Croft Tomb Raider. At least I just think it how, was Lara Croft. Yeah. Just as how just as how Steve Jobs and, and, and Steve Wozniak, two unassuming guys, seemingly unassuming guys, started Apple in a in a garage in, 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 in San Cupertino in California. So yeah, that yeah. that's just that's yeah. just part of the course when it comes to, to people who are who are creative. We're all we're we're odd ducks, you know. I mean but you know that. You already yeah. know that. Yeah. We have yeah, to. yeah. We have to be. We can't be. We can't work in a in a, in a feel like advertising and and and, and not be normal. We have yeah. to have some degree of of madness that that yeah. thrives within 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 each of us, especially yeah. as it relates to advertising. Well, yeah. I'm no longer in advertising. Uh, yeah. I'm hosting a show, a radio show, because that's how I started, mm-hmm. as 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 you know. And I'm back doing the morning show on 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 Platinum Hits 103.5 FM. That is pretty much what I do now. If if I were to be given, I was once asked, would I ever go back into advertising? And I said, Are you kidding me? <laughs> because simple truth is, one, advertising is advertising, as I keep saying, is a young man's game a young woman's game it's for the young and they're the ones who are supposed to come up with the fresh ideas they're the ones who're supposed to come up with the with the new insights that, that we old folks the old fogies we're, we're kind of bereft on that now but then as I keep saying as I, as I keep going back to what I'm listening to now especially as it relates to radio as maybe even TV ads because I haven't I can't recall the last time I, I saw a decent TV ad a local mm-hmm. TV ad. Mm-hmm. Uh, these these youngsters, I don't know where their heads are at. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know if it's because I'd hate to think it's because they are ready to 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 kowtow to what the client wants, and that they're not ready to fight for their ideas and their concepts. They're just saying, "Look, let's just give the people, let's just give the client what they want, and let's just leave it at that." And which is a, which is a pity 
And we always yeah. have to we always have to talk about that. But yeah. and we ask is is there going to be a future? Is there going to be a future in advertising? Is there going to be anything like that? Are we going to are we ever going to come up with an unconventional method to to come up with ideas and concepts like we did back? I can remember a time when there was this guy. He was struggling financially. Very talented guy, but like I said, struggling. And he could not could not do, or at least he thought he couldn't get to do the things that he wanted to do. And then he he's well, I can I can I can say that now he's a professional comedian. And back in the nineties and, and in two thousands, he made it he, he was just he was just making some mad money with his concerts. Mm. And and he was doing very well for himself. But the thing about it is he was also in advertising. And I think he was working at a particular agency and they wanted him to come up with a particular idea for a particular product. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm willing to do it, but I have conditions. Mm-hmm. So they asked him, well, what are these conditions? And he said, my condition is this. I want to work outside. I don't want to work in a stuffy office environment. I don't want to work where there are people around me. You put me under that mango tree there, give me a desk, give me a chair, and I'll give you the ideas you're looking for. And then they said, well, okay, I mean, if that's what you want, that's what I want. They gave him that. And from what I understand, he he spent a, a good bit of time there, and he would come up with ideas, and he was comfortable with it. And people would walk up to him and ask him, well, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Do you think that's, a, that's do you think we should go in this particular direction? Do you think this is how we should, we should structure this particular print ad or something like that? Because his, mm. his skills were coming up with ideas and writing down these ideas. That was his skill. So I guess, I guess that was uh, that's what a creative group head does. I don't know, but that's mm-hmm. what he did. That's mm-hmm. what he did. He, mm-hmm. and he was very content with it. Very content. Of course, mm-hmm. if it started to rain, you'd have to go in, in, in the building because yeah. you had to be practical. But that's what he yeah. used to do. Yeah. And, and when they asked him, why, why, why would you want to be outside? Because I want to be out here is where I am at my best. I cannot function in an office environment. Yeah. Which brings to mind this whole working from home concept. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. seeing it. We plead in 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 real time what happens when people have to get up physically to go from point a to point b sometimes they have to travel close to what 20 30 sometimes 50 miles especially if you're living mm. in san fernando and you have to go up north to port of spain if you're living in port of spain and go down south to san fernando whatever it is it is tough yeah it's tough yeah and 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 it's and even more so even more so if you are a creative individual, because if you're stuck in a car, in a sardine can of a car for like about, what, 45 to, 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 to an hour in traffic, that is, just, that is just so deleterious to the entire creative process. And something is going to be done about that because it, it's, 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 nothing short, it's nothing short of disaster. But I think 
it would be great, you know, if we could get back to that. And I think if if you really do value your employees and you're working in the creative mm-hmm. industry and you value your employees that much, you would say, hey, guys, listen, I think we need to really rethink how we do this. Instead of saying, okay, we're going to do A, let's do B. Mm-hmm. Maybe even C or D and see where that takes us. If we make a mistake, we make a mistake. We take our licks, we say, all right, we screwed up, thought it seemed like a good idea at the time, but let's try something else because the old methods are not going to work this time around. Well, the thing is, the thing is, there are a number of factors that are probably going to push more into the work for home thing. I, I don't think. I don't think it's going to be forever that they're going to be like, no, nah, we're, we're, we're never going to do this work from home again. Yeah. Now, first of all, let me, let, me, let me bookend this by saying, we're never going to have lockdowns like we did before for the pandemic. That's just never going to happen. And I'm no. saying there will be, we're still in a pandemic situation, but we have reached a stage where it's like, you know what? Every man for himself. If you do not want to do what's necessary to protect yourself, the government can't do it for you. You know, so we're not we're not going to be responsible for what happens to you if you don't do what's necessary. But apart from that, I think a lot of a lot of very 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 subtle pushback is going to start happening, and it's going to take some time, and people are going to you know move to this work from home thing in time now what else is going to happen is a lot of the a lot of the well just so that just so that you you know um we well first of all jared and i were supposed to do a in-person session today where we showed our ugly faces um and we had we've we in yellow alert what we call yellow alert because we have a lot of rain it's been raining constantly it's like indian monsoon here it's been raining constantly since the midnight of last night. So we decided, you know what, just so nobody gets stuck. You know, but the transportation system to get from A to B in this country is so peaceful on a good day. Doing it with, with, with extraneous things like rain is, is near impossible. But apart from that, the price of gas went up, was it last week? With the budget? Last week. With the budget, yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. thing is, is that a lot of people um, would be forced to sell their cars. They're just going to say, you know what, I can't afford this. I can't afford to keep this car going. I just, I just can't afford it. So in a, in a matter of time, you're going to see a lot less cars on the road. And there's probably going to be a, a situation where there'll be a lot less traffic. That doesn't mean that's going to happen next year. That's not going to happen in five years. But at the rate that things are going, wouldn't be surprised if within the next 5, 10, 20 years, work from home becomes the norm because just it just makes no sense traveling to get where you're going. I don't see the government ever in making the, the public transportation system safer and better than it, than, than it is now. I just don't see it. I don't see that happening. But you, you could tell me that I'm wrong, that I'm talking absolute rubbish <laughs> but what do you think you know well, it won't be the first time it won't be the first time that we would say that 
government is never going to do this, or this is, will never be implemented, or that's never going to happen. We can we can say that because we can because the way we we have <clears throat> endured, mm-hmm. especially in, in, in terms of, of the of the inaction from 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 administration after administration, and we and we also know as well that if we're if we're being honest, if we're being honest, yeah. um, for the for the, we've been we've been an independent country for sixty years, yeah. and for most of those sixty years. There's been one particular administration that's been in charge, yeah. And you could, you could, you could argue, well, you know, there have been other administrations, yes, but we're talking about the administration that has spent the vast majority of time that they had the ability and they had the opportunity to make a difference, and yeah. they've never done that. They've never yeah. made. They've never looked at all, you know, and said, well, here's how we can make this better. Here's how we can do that. Here's how we can do this. We yeah. have people in officialdom who are so tone deaf and so out of touch. Yeah. To people's needs. They I remember really, the way. they really broke the record this time. Man. It was oh no, three, they, they have. They broke the record this time. These three, these three comments, one after the other, we just like, what are you all trying to do? Outdo each other in the stupidest comment ever, <laughs> you know? Which also and makes I, you realize there are not a lot of PR people working, or in a situation of, oh, okay. So I've 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 been binge watching The Crown. And it's very, very good. And the, 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 the one thing that British monarchy has is the, is the, is the, the, the support staff who, ve- who make sure what the Queen says, what the Prince says, whatever, what they say is in line with what's in, not just what's in good taste and what makes sense, but what's constitutional. The Queen cannot go and say, I endorse this government's policy. That would be unconstitutional. <laughs> they would cause a constitutional crisis, you know. So you can't afford to open them out and just say, "Everybody buy coal pots," you know. It just it, 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 it can't. But we right. don't have that. We don't have that. Correct. We don't have that. But it can be argued. It can be argued if you look at if you look at the at what's going on in in the UK right now with with, with the prime minister, that they came up with some sort of a mini budget and. The the intricacies behind that particular budget is, is is everything has just gone so haphazard and so haywire. You have again, there's that word. You have those within the inner circle of the Conservative Party looking at the, looking at the, at the Prime Minister and asking her, "What the hell is this woman doing? She doesn't know what that. She's way out of her depth." <laughs> and there's talk that they may have to go back to the pools. And, and just and just have to, to do a redo because they don't know what the hell it is they're doing. Now, can yeah. we ascribe that to poor PR? Yeah, yeah. we could. Well, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Could. But we could. But I mean, as it relates to advertising, and advertising and PR kind of kind of has a there are similarities. It's not necessarily there's, a, there's an overlap. There's an overlap. Yeah. Uh, I remember when. Oh God! What was it? Two thousand and two, two thousand and three. I can't remember the year. Uh, there was a big brouhaha with Aaron Farms. Aaron Farms, for those who don't know, make processed meat. Well, that hot was in two thousand two thousand three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, hot dogs. They they're famous for their hot dogs and a lot of their you know processed meats. Um, you know, a lot of hams and so on. You know. 
And they, they had been around for a lot, but they're very premium brand. Very, very premium brand. And something ended up in the newspaper, as far as I remember, where somebody was got, um, although they did tests in the factory for the meat and found high levels of, what was the, what was the thing? It's not fecal matter. Oh, E. coli. E. coli. And they right. shut the, the whole thing down. And we're talking about a premium brand. These things are not supposed to happen to a premium brand. I was like walking into Coca-Cola and saying, you're making me stuff out of arsenic shut down. You know, it, it's just yeah. unheard of. And, yeah. and I think Erin Farms, um, they, they hired um, this guy. Oh, uh, he, he used to do radio as well. He used to do... Um, he, he ended up working in PR. He used to be an announcer on TV. Um, right. Big guy, tall, dark-skinned fellow. Um, baritone voice. He had a baritone voice. Oh, yeah. Was it Nigel Augustus? Um, yes, Nigel Augustus. Nice guy. Really nice guy. He had moved okay, into okay. PR. He moved into right. PR. And he came to the... He, he, he hired the agency because he needed somebody to do creative to assist with the PR. He's going to go and do all of the newspaper routes and talk and, and do interviews and all that on behalf of his client. But he needed somebody to help repair the marketing, you see? Correct. So we met with him and he had a very clear vision about what needed to be done. This is what we need to do. We need to repair the um, the the relationship Image. consumers have with this company. And even though we say, yeah, it was just like a little piece of meat that had E. coli, it wasn't that the big deal. You know, the newspapers took it and ran with it and say the whole factory was full of E. coli and people were dying. That's not what happened. But he exactly. said we needed to, we needed to, we need to, now Aaron Farms never advertised. Never advertised. They didn't need to. They were that big. They, 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 every Christmas you buy Aaron Farm ham, you know, it is one of those things, you know, and, and right. these, these poor people didn't know what to do. And he had to come in there and he had to explain to them and they were willing and ready to, and able to listen. You see, this is the thing. They listened to him and he came to the agency and said, listen, we need to do photography of kids eating hot dogs. We need to do photography of people doing this. We need to do food photography of ham and stuff for Christmas because it happened just before Christmas. I think it was around this time, September, yeah. October. And I I was out directing all the shoots. I did all the shoots. I did the, the photography with the hot dog and with the little boy and all that. And we shot right. it at um, Softbox Studios. And we did this whole campaign I can't remember what was the line, but David Aldred was the was the writer. And David and I came up with these great ideas for this campaign. And we were very, very successful. And once things were back to normal and everything was cool, Aaron Farm says, okay, thank you very much, we're gone. And that was the end of that. Aaron Farm never advertised after that. <laughs> so so not only that, was, but mm -hmm. not only that, but they were able to withstand the negative publicity because of the fact that their the, the, their reputation kind of outlasted all the negativity 
that was circulating around their around their product at the time. Yeah, they were able to because, uh, like you said, it was a they. It was almost as if it was too big to fail. Yeah, and they they were and they were too big to fail. They did not. They 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 certainly thrived after that actually, yeah. and people forgot about it. In fact, I forgot. That there was there was that bruhaha um, surrounding Aaron Farm until you until you brought it up, and yeah. that again that is a testimony to how to how popular the brand really is to this day. Yeah. People yeah. will talk about when you say Tylenol. People always talk about Tylenol as an effective pain reliever, yeah. but you could also say that Tylenol. When you think of Tylenol, you also think of what happened in the states back in 1982. Yeah, because they took. They took some of the capsules, and there was laced with cyanide, and people started dying. Yeah. In one particular, there was in one particular area. It was in Chicago. Yeah. And so the makers of Tylenol, Johnson and Johnson, they said, "Look, we have to come up with a great PR campaign. We have to make well, the most important thing that they had that they needed to do was to make the product safer." Yeah. And that was when they decided that okay, uh, so that our consumers can take the product without dying, what we need to do is. Put a safety seal on the top of the of, of the of the of the mouth of the um of, of the bottle, and then we have to make sure that when we put the lid on, we put mm -hmm. a, a certain kind of of a protective coating around that, so that mm -hmm. you know you can break the seal, open it, and everything is going to be fine and dandy. And and this was very important. Instead of having it as capsules, because that's what they did in those days, Tylenol came in capsule form, like. Pretty much like contact C. Oh God, I'm old. So what they do? So what they did? <laughs> yeah, is they I love the contact C ad. The contact, contact C ad. There's something about oh, something about the my. contact C ad was very very yeah. calming to me. With all the little yeah. drop, the little drops where they opened it up and it was this yeah. macro shot of the yeah yeah love them yeah love yeah them. yeah contact C was 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 the was the thing to have when you yeah. had a cold. You take that and in 12 hours time. You're all right. You're good to go. I don't know what they put in that, but anyway. But yeah. so yeah. So what they did was that they, they converted it. They, they they didn't have it as as, as capsules. They had it as caplets, yeah. so that they look like capsules. Yes, but you can't just pull it apart like you used to. So they yeah. made it coated. They coated the caplets. Had a nice gel covering and everything. So they made it virtually impossible to tamper the product in the first place. Yeah, and. And like I said, they spent millions upon millions of dollars to convince the public because people were moving away from Tylenol because of what happened in Chicago. They yeah. said, look, and you know, the frightening thing about it is, and I could be wrong, I don't think they ever called the person who did it. No, they never did. They, they never, never did. did. And, and I was have a theory years. about that. Yeah. I Do think, you? Yeah, you want to hear my theory? I would. <laughs> my theory is it's a time traveler. <laughs> Oh my God! But that, it's a time know, hey, Hold it's on. a time traveler who came back <laughs> to make it happen. It had to happen. It had to have happened. If if not, okay. So if not, it had happened that time. It would have happened later. But but oh, it had to it? happen at that time. Pardon me. What was his modus operandi? Why? So my thing is, why specifically target that brand? Well, it was what a popular was the, brand. Was a so what you're saying is, what folks from uh, the folks at Advil said, hey, we got to find a way to, to, to really undermine 
Hello, you know, so would you do this for no, us? No, 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 I don't think so. I think, <laughs> I think some, I think in the future, when yeah. they've developed time travel, there's yeah. like, well, you know, I don't know if you have a soft time cop with, with Jean-Claude Van Damme, right? Never saw it, but I the idea, yeah. the idea is, is that you, you police time. So you know that this event has to happen. Yeah. It's the same thing like the guy who, who jumped out of the plane with all the money. Um, what was his name? D.B. Cooper. Right, D.B. Cooper. I mean, the theory is, is he's a time traveler. He had, to, he had to do it at that time because certain things had to happen after that. Certain events had to, had to occur after that. You know, that, 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 that's what, what the, the theory is, you know, if you want to be conspiracy theory. But I think, yeah. I think that this guy who did it, the reason why they didn't find him is because he just went back to the future. <laughs> all right, yeah, you okay. Know, I put it on my foil hat, but all right, no problem. <laughs> no, but I mean, okay, okay. If we're, to, if we're to talk about, can't believe it, we went from PR to advertising to time travel. This is how it works here. This is how it works here. This episode is just going to be so freaking lit. Anyway, so <laughs> I think you know what be awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Go on, go on, go on. But they're saying right that we're talking about time travel, UFOs, and all that, and all that shit. People keep talking about aliens and other planets and, and stuff. My thing is, what if these people, these beings, these alien beings are not really aliens, but they are from another time? What if they're mm -hmm. us, but evolved? That mm -hmm. is a conspiracy theory right there. Really? Suppose, suppose, supposing that when we see these beings with the, with the, with the extremely large heads and, 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 and no um, irises or, or anything like that, no pupils or anything, people, nothing like that at all. <laughs> we've evolved. We've evolved into, into these creatures. And I don't know why they, they've come back, though. That's, that's the other thing. Yeah. What, what is the reason behind that? It could be that theory, too. Yeah. It could be that theory. But but it's 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 such a it's such a fascinating it's such a fascinating yeah 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 it's it's fun it's fun to it's fun to but, think of these yeah. things you know but I mean coming back to coming back to the PR PR advertising part of 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 the of of the conversation the the fact is is that this company Aaron Farms was willing to do what it took to get yeah. themselves back on the saddle. And they did of it. Yeah. Now, the hope that any agency's hope is that you would continue. You, yeah. you, you, you're riding this really good wave, and they're like, nah, we're fine, we're cool now. And then that's yeah. it. So, so David Aldred's vexation was, so what when somebody get, you know, food poisoning from their product, what, what are they going to do? They're going to just go and do this again. They have to maintain this level of trust with the, with the, but we don't work like that here, you know. No, we don't work like, like don't. that here. I um, if you I, if you look at if you look mm, sorry, mm -hmm. go ahead, no, go ahead, go ahead. 
if you look at, 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 at any particular product, whether it is it is a retail product or even if something, even if it's a media product, it is based on that common bond of trust that exists between the manufacturer and the consumer. Yeah. Let me give an example of what I mean by that. There was a time when, especially in the late 80s and early 90s, the Trinidad Guardian, in terms of circulation and, and, and as, a, as a popular form of, of, of mass media, as a mm-hmm. newspaper, it was on mm-hmm. par with the Express. And this is like before Newsday materialized. Mm-hmm. Because back then you had, if you wanted to vie for, 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 news, for newspaper readership, you had Express. And then you had Guardian. And sometimes you had Guardian. And then you had Twitter Times. And the Guardian would outsell. And the Guardian came up with an impressive ad campaign back then. Everybody reading the Guardian. Mm-hmm. I remember that. It might, have been, it might have been a broadsheet at the time. It wasn't a tabloid. It wasn't a tabloid form. It was a broadsheet. But people were still reading the Guardian because it had all the interesting articles. It had a lot of hard-ending articles, too. And they were very <laughs> critical. And they were very critical of, 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 of the administration. But when there was a change in government, everything had happened. And then you had the prime minister at the time who had a problem with the way stories were, were, were being published. And he took a turn in the, in, the, in, the, in the editorial concept of it. And, and then there were people within the higher-ups that said, look, you know what? We quit. And a lot of people left. And then there was a changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. And, the folks, and the folks who ultimately owned the paper said, no, we, we are going to let them, we accept their resignations, and we're just going to move on. And the, the people who, who stood behind. But what happened was, and I don't think they've ever fully recovered from it, what had happened then was that they lost that level of trust. Mm-hmm. And they could not ever get it back. Mm-hmm. No matter how hard they try, they're still trying, mm-hmm. but they just can't get, they can't get it back. That's why mm-hmm. the Express will still enjoy that because people would, will, will, will say things about the Express and say, oh, you're being unfair, you know, to, to this present administration, this and that thing. That thing, that thing. Yeah. That, 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 again, that is to be expected. But by the same token, you see that same level of trust? Even now, even now with all with what's going on in terms of alternative sources of media. Now you have yeah. social media, now you have all, all sorts of things. Social media yeah. has pretty much supplanted traditional media now. Yeah. But even so, you still have that level of trust. Yeah. And that is something that once you have that, once you have that, you it would be very unwise, it's important to not take that trust for granted. Yeah. And to not just say, well, this is how we've, we've um, this is all we need to do it, and we are not going to spend any any major set of money because we have other fish to fry, yeah. and we're going to cut costs, and yeah, and just and just leave it like that. But you do so at your own risk, and that is why the Guardian suffered as yeah. a publication. That's yeah. why. That's how that's how I see it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I would. I would I would tend to agree with that, you know, is it, it is it is trust and it is it is um I mean the newspapers have tried a lot of things now to keep their audience, you know, but it's very difficult when you have 
people like Luke News and and Wired 868 and all these other kind of small little online outfits. Well, Loop Loop is not small. Loop is bankrolled by Digital. So they're not small. They're, they're big, huge oh, organization. Really? You yeah. know? But but Loop is Loop exists in that in that space between sensational headlines and you know just run of the mill generic type content. And it, yeah. at one point in the beginning, Loop was just taking what was being put in the Guardian and the Express, reformatting it slightly and putting it as one of the articles. <laughs> so I, my brother Robert is like, look, they literally lifted this article from the Express and they put it in their thing and they call it, you know, the, the writer will put a byline. It's like, wow. And that was years ago. That was that was years yeah. ago. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. Because now they have this relationship with the papers where the people write their articles and they give it to Loop. So Loop is kind of like the online, you know, it it yeah. the Loop doesn't have any character of its own. Let's put it that way. There's no where's the Guardian? You could say the Guardian has all of these things about it that you know, like CNT3 Guardian Express, they have a character. You know, they kind of even in Newsday, you know, they, they you know who the readership is, you know who they're about, whatever. Loop is just there, you know, just a generic paper to sell ads. <laughs> you know, that that's that's how I feel, that's how I see it, you know. You know what? What I miss what I miss the most about, about local media though is when you had anti-establishment papers like the mirror and to a certain degree the bomb mm. in fact when they had the bomb back in the 70s they were extremely hard-hitting and they were extremely irreverent but more my cousin owned not, one of them i think my cousin owned the bomb yeah chocolingo which one is chocolingo there's bomb blast there's bomb blast punch and one of yeah. them Blast, blast. There was heat, and then heat. there was heat. But that, wow. yeah, but that didn't last too long. No, that didn't blast actually. No. Blast was um was a kind of 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 paper that it, w- it was an offshoot of the bomb because there were people who left anyway the bomb newspaper to start the blast. So yeah, but back then they were hard hitting <laughs> in terms of of getting a story. And if you could read between the lines, you could actually gauge what was going on. And I think that element of, 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 of surprise, I mean, you see it to a certain extent in, in Jack Warner's Sunshine publication. Yeah. But yeah. It's, not, it's, 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 it's not the same thing because yeah. it was really sensational and it was lurid and it, it, it really made for, for, vibrant, for vibrant press and everything. Yeah. But by by, I would say that by the late two thousands, the entire game had changed, especially as a re- in relation to the uh, to the press, the the weekly press, yeah. and it became more of a, of a of a mouthpiece for a particular administration. And when yeah. it wasn't anything like that at all, because it 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 it, it could not be bought, it could not be bribed. It was yeah. a, it was a, it was a newspaper that said. I don't care who's in power. We are going to make you fight. We yeah. are going to make you. We're, we're going to really. We're going to come out. We're, we're coming after you. We yeah. we don't give a shit. Yeah. And that is what that is what I liked about them. 
but yeah it's a pity though it really is it really is but that's um, that's a kind of that's a kind of yeah but that's that's the nature of the beast that yeah. is how things that's how that's how things change so yeah. Yeah. but that's not important right now that's not important right now I was looking no. through some of the some of the magazine and not well some of the websites like Ad Age and so on to see if I found anything interesting. I don't I haven't really seen anything interesting that is, you know, caught caught my eye when it comes to the advertising world. It, yeah, things have been rather quiet. Um there is this discussion about um there, there is this Facebook page called Trinityjobs.com. And yeah. somebody posted in the social media group that they post in memes and, and all kind of jokes and things now, and it doesn't seem like they thought the page was hacked. But somebody said, no, the page wasn't hacked. Trinityjobs.com just kind of closed down. And the guy who's wow. running the page, he just kind of just started posting, you know, crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... You know, but it led me to think about all over the time, over a period of time, how many different people have done that. You know, the, the first one to do it and try to make money from it was What Trouble Is This? I don't know if you remember What Trouble Is This? Yeah. What Trouble Is This I... was, a, was a bunch of guys and they came into the agency once to try to pitch their idea of, well, we will make, we will, we will push your brand or whatever. And it, and it, it sounded like a good idea then, but it didn't really turn out to be a good idea. And then eventually, when they started pushing brands, people were like, yeah, 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 you're not, you're not, you're not fun anymore. And you died, you know, you kind of killed it, killed the momentum, killed yourself, you know. What I but, thought was, what I thought was interesting, what I thought they should have done, what I thought, you remember the, the late o'clock news when they were trying to, to, to be more like the Daily yeah, Show? Yeah, late o'clock news was a, was a very brief flash of the pan, but again, yeah, same thing. You know? And the same thing. And you see, that's just it. It it takes a lot of hotspur, not just hotspur, but a lot of capital to 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 get things like that going. Yeah. Um, and again, it depends too on 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 on, on the audience. Because yeah. let's 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 be honest, let's be honest. Satire in Trinidad and Tobago is pretty much like expecting water from the Water and Sewage Authority because half a Trinidad ain't gonna get it. Yeah, yeah. And again, yeah. this is not this is not meant to to denigrate us as a people. That's just these are just facts. We, we most of us can't grasp the concept of satire. We can't. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah that's true. And, and the later clock news and the later clock news. Was was trying to capitalize on on, on that sort of thing, which is a, again, it's a shame because they really they were really funny. There were times when yeah. they when they hit when they hit when they hit the spot. And yeah. Said, yeah, this is something that we could that we could work with. You yeah. know, yeah. I wish I wish we could we could we could we could we could find that kind of happy that kind of happy balance that we could get we could get yeah we could get um some hard hitting material, but at the same time we could. Find something that could, that could also be very lucrative, and yeah. and again, it's not just as, it's, it's not just saying, well, you are, are are simply taking material right now, and the goal is not so much to to awaken 
the conscience and, and, and things like that, but you are more interested in commerce as opposed to, to, yeah. to awakening somebody's conscience. And yeah. again, I have no problem with wanting to make money. Yeah. None. Yeah. If you are in this, the primary goal of any business is to make money. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The primary goal is to make as much freaking cash as possible. You have to be, you know, and then you could say at the end of the day, hey, I'm richer than a pig in shit. I love that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, but give again, me some of that. Give me some of that. <laughs> give me some of that. Give me some and, of that. And this is a shameless plug. All you out there who are listening, because we need mm. it <laughs> but yeah that's the thing and again you want that but you also need to have that you want to maintain a certain kind of integrity to to, to your to your to your product yeah. and you want to be sure that that, that what that once we cultivate that level that level of trust with, with your brand once mm. you are able to do that yeah making money making money is pretty much like second nature and you could just say, well, yeah, this is what we're going to do. So this is the case. We're going to come up with this. And what do you think about it? Yeah, okay, great. Let's run with it. Fine. And then mm-hmm. before you realize it, plunkety plonk, you're going to make like about uh, $500,000 before the end of this particular, before the, end of the, before the end of the week or the end of the month or something like that. And that's how, mm-hmm. that's how, that's how it's supposed to be. But mm-hmm. we, know, we, know, we, we know we're not living, we're not living exactly in a, in a, in a, in a perfect world. When it comes to that, we're just not doing yeah. that. Yeah. We're just not doing that. Yeah. So it it, mm. it, it, it is managing, managing disasters. I think managing disasters are a lot more fun than, than just smooth sailing because yeah. it, it gives us the opportunity to see, well, okay, how do we flex our creative muscles and how do we come up with, with an idea that once we're, once we're through with it, we have, we have somehow salvaged some degree of credibility with it and i think once you can do and the more the more creative that we are and the more innovative that we are i think we will we'll, we'll we'll all be richer for it maybe not literally but in terms of of, of our integrity i would say yeah. so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. this is kind of yeah. a just a easy going kind of discussion. no this is this has been an easy this has always been when, when, when we set out to do, the thing about it is, here's, here's something weird. When we ever, we set out to do a show, more often than not, we have a kind of a, a kind of like an idea as to what we want to yeah. say. Yeah. And then there are times yeah. when we just don't know what the ass we're going to say next. <laughs> and today was one of those days, I think. But we were able, the beautiful thing about it is we were able to, 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 to come up with, 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 some, with some coherent sentences, a couple of coherent sentences. And yeah, we were able to make some sense. Well, at least we we hope we did. We yeah, hope I we think did. I think we talked quite quite well about um, important stuff. Um, the the thing is, though, we we really want to bring back in some of our friends, so we really need to research. We need a good to bring topic. our friends back. Yeah, I, I, really, I miss, like, I miss what I'd like to do is to bring back in. Yeah, um, we need to bring back in Quincy and. Or whatever, but what I want to do, I really want to do face to face. I want to do face to face first. You know, yeah. try to try to get that out of the way because a lot of people like to watch us on YouTube. It's kind of why? Cool. Why, why, why the hell do they watch us? People sick. like to watch us. 
face. What the hell are we watching this for? We're not going to do anything illegal or immoral <laughs> or illicit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom, there are these two old guys talking crap. Oh, really? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, we, we talk a lot of crap. <laughs> talk a lot of crap, but let me tell you, it's good crap as opposed to the kind of really stupid crap that certain politicians talk about. But uh, again, that's not. That's important. not important right now. So what are we, what are we defining? What are we defining? What are we defining? Um, oh, this week. PR, what's that? It's bullshitting somebody into thinking that you've done something else. I don't know. What, what is what is PR, John? <laughs> well, you're not too far off the box. But spinning, PR, the pro- spinning the problem. Spinning the problem. Yeah, PR is a kind of spin. It's 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 so it's 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 a it's a it's a to forgive me for the crudity of my statement, but PR is the ability to take shit and turn it into sugar. But that's not important. But that's right not now. important right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. That's Thank good. you, Ian. This one is an awesome thing. But next week we'll definitely. Um, barring storm or whatever, I think this storm is actually going to be kind of a hurricane, like when I it passes so us. Yeah. Another one, because Ian, yeah. my namesake, started the same way, but yeah, it's it's still raining. I can't believe it. <laughs> so, it, is it raining wow. by you? No, it's not actually. It's it's mm-hmm. it's windy. It's quite windy here. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So thank you for listening. Have a good week. I hope. Have um, a I hope you, uh, everything works out for you all this week, and please be safe. And and was it that somebody says if you can't be good, be careful? Be careful. That I'm not going to steal somebody else's tagline, so I'm just going to play the, the theme music now. <laughs> play the theme music. <laughs> play the theme music, Ralph. Play it. Bye, Jared. Bye, all. Have a good one. Bye, day. Ian. Bye, all. Have a good one.